Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're working our way through 1 Timothy in our current series, Behave Yourself. Now let's jump in and hear what Kurt has to say. And welcome back, friends, to uh, the last episode of our study of the book of 1 Timothy. We've learned how to behave ourselves. I guess it remains to be seen if we're going to apply what we've learned, but uh, I pray that we do. Uh, Paul has been charging Timothy about some matters, and now he says, Timothy, there are some things that you need to charge others about. We've talked about this topic of riches and contentment and being content with not only your stuff, but your station in life. He's used the example of none other than Jesus in all of this. And uh, now, Timothy, you, you need to teach this and insist upon this in the lives of others. So verse number 17, charge them that are rich in this world. Okay, so rich in this world would be what you and I would think of as riches. Okay, people that have a lot of stuff, people that, ha- that, that have a lot of resources. Honestly, John, that would probably apply to any American because we're all rich by world's standards. And the Bible says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. What are the dangers of having stuff is that we begin trusting stuff. Exactly right. And this we find throughout the Word of God. We find this admonition and this warning about don't go down that road. Don't become self-sufficient and self-satisfied because you think this is what your hand has gotten you. Timothy reminds us, I mean, Paul reminds us here in Timothy that we only have what we have because God has allowed us to have that. God is, God is the one who's blessed us. It's not our own person who has made all this happen. It always is because God is at work. And so we can never become self-sufficient Always have to praise God and thank God and live in faith in God. We sing the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And if we're not careful, the blessing replaces the blesser in our life. And we begin to trust that 401k account. We begin to trust that paycheck. We begin to trust that job or trust those resources. And that's a very sad place to be. The Bible says that's high-mindedness. That's pride. That's, uh, that's a, a high hand against the Lord. That, that's offensive to the Lord from whom those blessings come. Look at verse number 18. Here's what you need to charge them. Don't, don't be proud. Don't misplace your trust, verse number 17. But here's what you ought to do. But do good. That, uh, that, that they do good. That they be rich in good works ready to distribute, willing to communicate. I love that. So, hey, if you have stuff, use stuff for God. Don't let stuff use you. Use stuff for God. It's not wrong to have a nice house. Use it for the Lord. It's not wrong to have a nice car. Use it for the Lord. It's not wrong to have great resources. Use it for the Lord. And that's what he's saying. Let not the rich man, uh, Jeremiah said, glory in his riches. You know, or the or the wise man and his wisdom. Let what we have, we have from God. And so in verse number 18, do good. Be rich in not what you have, but in what you do, in good works. Then the Bible says, You're ready to distribute. You're looking for opportunities. 
and you're willing to communicate. And when those opportunities present themselves, you're loosely gripping what doesn't belong to you anyway. And I think of the word communicate here, you know, as, as you know, pastor, it's not used the same way that we use it today. We talk about talking here, but willing to communicate means willing to give something to somebody else, uh, you know, to help them out and their benefit. And here, Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy charged the people that have things to be of an open heart where they're just ready to give and bless other people. I like to think how that we are just channels that God works through. God works through us to give things to people around that have need and that we can be a blessing to others as God has blessed us. And we ought to have that great mentality that that is what we want to do. We want to be a blessing and communicate to others. I think this speaks to a couple practical issues as well. One of which is, you know, we have a lot as American Christians in the 21st century, but even in having a lot, we find ourselves shackled by debt, shackled by those obligations. And one of the chief sins of being shackled in those ways is that we're not ready to distribute because we are bound to that credit card payment. We're bound to that debt that we've incurred. The Bible says that there ought to be a readiness on our part to communicate. I wonder how many times people are willing to give, but they're not ready to give. Or maybe someone's ready to give and that they have it, but they're not willing to give. Both of these components are essential, ready and willing. I think a great example of that is, uh, well, was the churches of, of Macedonia, whom Paul praised so effusively in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, but also specifically a church in Macedonia, the church of Philippi, where the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, hey, um, you, you, you wanted to give to my necessity, but you lacked opportunity. Boy, you, I, I'm, I'm rejoicing that now at this time your care of me hath first again. Not that you didn't want to give before, you just couldn't give before. They were so poor, but they always wanted to give. I, I, I wonder if my spirit is always always want to give. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a conduit of God's resources to others. And I think as I apply that in life, Pastor, I think how that, you know, it, it would be true that throughout life, it's not always the wealthiest people who do give. You know, sometimes you find might find a very giving church is a church that is made up of just people that don't have a lot of money, really. Uh, I think of Jesus' comments about the widow of two mites, how that she casting what she, all that she, she had a giving heart and she gave out of her, you know, out of her poverty. But the men, people that had money, they just gave their, you know, their, their excess, so to speak. It wasn't really something that they're sacrificial. But Paul reminds Timothy that all of us who have things are to hold those things lightly and ready to give them away if that is what God brings into our life to help a person in need. It's the true understanding of stewardship that we really don't own anything. The Lord owns everything, and we've been given the opportunity to manage everything we have as his resource. And Paul said to Timothy, charge them that have stuff to have this attitude. They ought to be ready and willing. And when we are ready and willing— when well, we actually get busy with a giving life, giving of our time, giving of our talent, giving of our treasure to the things of God, then what does the Bible say in verse number 19? What's the promise? The promise is that we are laying up in store for 
themselves, they are laid up in store for themselves, a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. That's not to say that we give to be saved. What that means is what we give turns into a, 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 a eternal reward. It's kind of like what's the what's the story Rumpelstiltskin where he um, that where he spins straw into gold. Now we know that that's not possible. It's just a fairy tale. But we can take physical things like the money we have, the stuff we have, the physical possessions we have, and as we use them for the Lord, the Bible says they really become eternal rewards. Uh, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through through nor steal. For, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus said that. Yeah, this is a fantastic truth that here we can take material possessions and use those to make an eternal difference. And we can invest in people's lives and see people come to Christ and grow spiritually. And just what a really a wonderful privilege that is to use material, material resources to have spiritual blessings in eternity someday. Paul talked a lot about giving when he was collecting that offering for the poor saints at Jerusalem. And one of the most instructive passages in all the Bible about giving with the right heart, matter of fact, the heart is really emphasized, is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, there's a verse in that chapter I really like because Paul is saying, you know, when, when we give, that even when that gift is misused, uh, even if that gift is abused, that the righteous act of giving remains. So sometimes our, our reluctance to give is, you know, well, I don't know how this person is going to use this money, or I don't know if this is a wise investment. Listen, if the Lord's prompting you to give to something or someone, certainly uh, at your local church, which I think we should all do, um, that righteous act of giving uh, will never be taken away. God blesses the act of obedience. God doesn't need the money, God, God, but God blesses your faith. God, that's what matters to God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we live by faith and have a lifestyle of giving. And God says, I translate that into uh, heavenly reward and eternal value. And it is so much about our motivation, as you just mentioned, you know, having the right heart, living out, living by faith, stepping out and doing this. And so, you know, if we see... If we invest our time, our resources, and people, and things don't turn out like we hope they would have, you're right, Pastor, that we're not rewarded about how people may use what we give them. But what is our heart in doing that? What is our motivation? God knows how we how we are doing things and why we are doing things, and that's what God sees. The Bible says, by giving it, by losing it, one day you're going to lay hold on it. In other words, you're going to lay hold on the benefit of that, of having given. That's exactly what Jesus meant when he said, he that loseth his life shall find it. You know, when we, when, we, when we live lives of giving, giving of ourselves, when we do that, then one day when we get to heaven, in those rewards and in that satisfaction of having lived for Christ, we find, we lay hold on that which we let loose. It, it's a wonderful metaphor Verse number 20, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy charge. 
Timothy, I've told you the truth. That's what he's saying. And then he says this, avoid uh, profane and vague babblings. Timothy, don't get sidetracked by non-biblical issues and teachings. He talked about that back in chapter two. And then he says, and oppositions of science, falsely so-called. John, take a moment, explain that to us. Does he mean science as in, hey, don't learn biology or chemistry? What's he talking about? Yeah, the idea of science here just has the idea of knowledge. And I think what we're talking about really is we find it a number of places throughout the New Testament particularly where in second century, there would be some Gnostics who claimed they had special knowledge from God. You had all these hoops you went through as you became a better spiritual being. But even in Paul's day, there was this pre-Gnostic mentality that if you were really a person of God, you had this special knowledge nobody else had. Now, the truth was, it was not even real. It wasn't true knowledge. It was just made up by yeah, these they were just te- mi- They were yeah. mystics. They were mystics. They were making stuff thinking, up. Deep thinking, yeah, right, imaginative. Exactly right. And so Paul wants Timothy to realize, don't get mixed up with this kind of thinking, this deeper kind of mysterious thinking. No, don't focus on that. It's going to lead you astray. I've given you the word of God. Stick with that, Timothy. Verse number 21, which some professing that that knowledge, that secret knowledge, that mystical knowledge, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. See, when we try to mix the Bible with popular worldly philosophy, when we try to mix the Bible with the, the accepted theories of the day and philosophies of the day, we try to make it work. You know, the United Methodist Church is trying to make all of the wokeness of our generation fit with the Bible. Well, that's just, you're just erring from the faith. They are mutually exclusive. They were in the first century and they are in the 21st century. That Paul ends the letter in a, just a, a common way grace be with thee. Now, that would be the way that anybody would say goodbye in Bible days. But when we think about what the Bible word grace means, God's unmerited favor, which gives me both the desire and the ability to do God's will. It's by grace that we live. It's by grace that we are what we are. And as Paul kind of puts his pen down, he says, Timothy, grace be with you. Grace be with those that are reading this. Amen. That's Paul's prayer, not just for Timothy. By extension, that's his prayer for you and me. And that would be what I would say to you, my friends, today. Grace be with you. May God empower you and enlighten you to do and to be all that you can do and can be for the cause of Christ. Looking forward to jumping in uh, next uh, episode to a brand new study. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.